We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast, the proud partner of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire family. As always, I am your host, Dumak, coming to you with a Thanksgiving preview of the Packers and Lions as on a short week. But here to break it down, I guess just this first part with uh, with me is my lovely co-host, Jordan Trusky. Jordan, how are you doing, buddy? Doing well, doing well. Ready, ready for Thanksgiving football. No Nickelback this time. No Nickelback this time. Jack Harlow. <laughs> that is in reference to the 2011 game when the Packers played the Detroit Lions. Um, and in honor of the special Thanksgiving matchup, Jordan and I hopped on the Pride podcast with Malcolm Hart and his co-host Tyler and talked uh, through the game, through the injury report, and all the, the facets of what you guys will see during the game um, on Thursday with them it was a whole lot of fun we had an absolute blast but before we get into that we have some cheeses to give out we wouldn't want to go on their pod and hand out cheeses so you got just us for a couple minutes before we head into the, the true meat of the podcast so uh first and foremost we the cheeses this week obviously jordan love gets one 27 of 40 322 passing yards two touchdowns no interceptions and a 65 and a half pff grade um Honestly, just looked really good, same same as he did against the 
the Rams two weeks ago, and then the Steelers, uh, I guess, three weeks ago against the Rams now, and two weeks ago against the Steelers. Just putting together drives that are very pretty, hitting some passes that are quite gorgeous in nature, scrambling and throwing on the run. Like, he's just, he's developing, I think, right in front of our eyes, and the the tendencies that he has and had through that four-game losing streak aren't showing up again. Yes, we're starting to see more of a, not a finished product, but an improved product, and that's exciting to see. We're seeing him connect with all a bunch of receivers, not Christian Watson, but um, we'll take it. it it's it, We all knew there was going to be a learning curve, and it's, it's good to see the uh, curve not as steep for Jordan Love at this point. Right, exactly. And I think um, the main thing, too, is just that he looks more confident in rhythm, if that makes sense. Like, he's just... He's taking three step drops, three step drops, and firing it. And then, um, I think Peter Bukowski said it today. Today is Tuesday, by the way. Um, <laughs> that the Packers are running the most egalitarian offense um, in the NFL, passing around to all the all the players, which is in line with what we had said on Sunday that it's an equal opportunity offense for all these receivers and tight ends to catch the ball and make make their impact on the game. So, kudos to the play calls there, and for Jordan Love getting everybody. Um, their looks in order to help the team improve. So good stuff there. One of those receivers getting the good looks and getting uh, big impacts on the game is our second choose recipient, rookie Jaden Reed. Had three carries for 46 rushing yards and a touchdown, and then four catches on six targets of 46 uh, receiving yards. Just easily what his best game to date um, as a Packer. And is really coming into his own, I think, giving Jimmy cheese this week was almost non-negotiable. He had to have one. 88 of his 92 yards uh, came in the first half where, again, as we mentioned post-game um, after the Chargers win, he was the catalyst for the offense, really just kind of firing all cylinders. Um, getting home for six points obviously helps that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think this guy has been the most explosive receiver throughout the entire year for the Packers, for Jordan Love, and getting him the ball and, you know, not just, you know, in the slot or, you know, out wide, getting him on jet sweeps and stuff like that. Like, he's just, he's making it very clear that he should have more plays in the playbook and just to utilize his game-changing speed because it's it's getting to that point of, you know, this guy can really tilt games in a very real way. Yeah, it's it's becoming a trend. And we like to see yes. that trend. Um, hopefully, he can go this week uh, against the against the Lions. He was on the injury report, so uh, we'll get into the injury report when we hop on with uh, Malcolm and Tyler here in a couple minutes. But for just so you guys know, it's very long. So last <laughs> last of the cheese is, is Kenny Clark, one solo tackle, a uh, pass breakup that ended the game, and a forced fumble. Uh, he had six pressures and had an eighty nine point eight grade on PFF. Just outstanding game from Kenny Clark. Um, the broadcast had mentioned it throughout. Um, I throughout the game, and I think it was even um, in the post game press conference too. We talked about it on Sunday. Just that sometimes Kenny Clark doesn't let the stat sheet, but he has a good role in every game. This is one of those games where he did both. He had a huge role in making sure that the Packers were in place to win um, on Sunday, as well as just made impact plays to really 
drive that defense to uh, towards a win against a pretty pretty good offense in the Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert. Yeah, I think we talked about it some on the post game pod, but you know, digging into the numbers and stats and just kind of living with the win a little bit more, I think we kind of shortchanged just like how impactful. Yeah. Six um, pressures is is nothing to turn your nose at. Nothing to turn your nose at. And, you know, you mentioned it too about, you know, it's very easy to, to get caught up in the edge rushers with Sean Gary, Preston Smith, even Luke Van Ness, Lucas Van Ness. We've been intrigued by his flashes of potential. And we look at the defensive line as, okay, run stoppers, where are you? Sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. More often they're not there. <laughs> But Kenny Clark is always in the middle, and we're just like, this guy can, he's a problem. It's a matter of, can he just be neutralized and out of the way? It's games like this that reinforce, like, how much he can wreck games. And it mattered big time all throughout Sunday. And, you know, give him a cheese. Give him a cheese. Give him a cheese. Um, Jordan, I know you put together the the stats for, for the cheeses. Do you remember who the second graded Packer was on defense? believe it was carl brooks it was carl brooks uh kenny clark had 89.8 uh defensive grade from pff uh carl brooks had an 81 the next uh player was Corey ballon uh Ballantine. so carl brooks looking to continue his momentum this week hopefully against um this lions this lines offensive line and just make an impact wherever he can he had two pressures and a sack um and then one stop which is pfs metric for obviously that stopping plays. So um, big fan of Carl Brooks. Hopefully he can continue this dominance that he's had as from a rookie perspective and make the most of it going forward. So uh, with all that being said, news and notes quickly before we get into the meat of the pod um, with all the injuries happening to the, to the running backs and to the the team in general um, with Emmanuel Wilson going down and Aaron Jones, luckily only sustaining an MCL sprain. So He's week to week, but will not play against the the Lions, it seems. Um, The Packers bring in old friend Patrick Taylor, who has signed up the practice squad from the Patriots. Um, And I guess even received a phone call from Russ Ball during the Packers-Chargers game. Um, Matt Schneeman of the Athletic reported. So Russ Ball and his team were quickly on the case to make sure they could find someone to to replace Aaron Jones and Emmanuel Wilson. Um, Subsequently, they signed... uh, they re-signed James Robinson um, to the Packers practice squad, and he can be elevated for three games as well. Um, they, in a subsequent move for Patrick Taylor, they released Dallin Levitt, who we had predicted to go on on Sunday. So, hate to see you go, love to watch you leave, kind of thing. Hopefully, uh, he figures it out for his NFL career somewhere else. But I was over the Dallin Levitt experience, and I'm not gonna say I'm happy he's gone. But I'm happy he doesn't play for my football team anymore. A lot of comments Tuesday afternoon from uh, Coach LaFleur and Rick Basaccia, the special teams coach of Down Levitt, and just the Matt LaFleur didn't was very adamant that the game opening penalties against the Chargers were not the re- sole reason. It was based on the need to have a healthy running back. Both can be true. Both can be, Both true. Can be true. And like and uh Go ahead. Sorry, you go. You go. I'll say it, 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 the opening penalties for sure didn't help his cause, but no. it also didn't help that Patrick Taylor's like other job on the Packers roster these last couple of years was a special teamer, and yeah. so like all you're doing, 
Right, exactly. Like he was a good special teamer. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and Basachi was like he was talking about how they liked his swagger, his you know what he brought to the locker room. And you need those players. You need guys that are amped, even if he's making. It's on the field for four or five plays. Yeah, you know I mean, like, I understand that part of it, but uh, you know, he made his job or his uh, importance to the team a lot easier to to part with. Him yeah, when you know you have a need to get healthier at different spots in the roster, he made his decision. The decision he made the decision for Russ Ball and Brian Gutekunst a lot easier with his play, which is yeah. just a, a sad reality of the NFL. So, um, that's it for news and notes. Um, I will tell you that if I, I forget if I got into it, um, at length, but Luke Musgrave is also on the injury report, having gone to the hospital for a lacerated kidney that he didn't notify the training staff to until Monday, which is crazy. Like talk about toughness and talk about just dog. Tell them that you're hurt because <laughs> of lacerated. Is an interesting word. I mean, to use there. um, yeah, I was gonna sing a song lyric, but I won't. It's at the end of all the Jackass movies, and that's all I'll say. Um, <laughs> with that being said, we hopped on uh, the Pride podcast with Malcolm Hart and Tyler. Um, a lot of fun with those guys talking through this Thanksgiving matchup. Had a lot of fun talking. Um, not a whole lot of X and O's, but just matches matchups between the Packers offense and the Lions defense, and vice versa. And then ended it with. Um, some nostalgia of favorite Thanksgiving memories and favorite Thanksgiving foods. So you're about to hear that right now. Um, hope you guys enjoy it, and we'll talk to you after that is done. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast and the Tundra Pod from the Green Bay Packers. I'm Joe Moment, guys, as always, Mr. Malcolm Hart. We got our guys Jordan and Numac. How you boys feeling today? 
I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, coming off a Packers win over the Chargers. Um, but what we will see of Thursday's team, we don't know. <laughs> doing pretty good. Uh, same as Jordan. Coming off the high of a win and ready to see how many players the Packers are able to field on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Malcolm, how are we feeling? Three-game winning streak. Short week. We got Turkey Day coming up. How are we feeling? Woo! What is going on, man? Yo, I'm feeling great, man. We got Thanksgiving coming up, one of my favorite holidays. We got the Green Bay Packers coming to Ford Field. And I got my guys here who I joined their pod, man. I had a great a blast with them last time I was um on their pod, man. I'm, I'm having a blast, man. We, we're, we're actually doing a collab right now. This is awesome, man. Let's go. Yeah. Malcolm, we haven't won a Thanksgiving game since 2016. And this is the most confident. No offense, guys. This is the most confident <laughs> I've felt in a while of us winning a Turkey Day game in a minute. And I, I'm with you, Malcolm. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday of all time. But I'm not going to lie to you. For the last however many years, they've been spoiled because of the Lions. Some of them we expected it because we weren't a good team. But, like, last year, it hurt when we lost the Bills. Even though we played well, it hurt. And we've had some bad losses in Thanksgiving Day. But I'm feeling pretty good about this one. Uh, I mean, I don't know why you were that down, man. We kind of all expected. We played the Bills. So, I mean, even coming into the game, we were like, uh, probably we're going to get killed. It's because they played them so well, and it felt like we had an actual chance to win the game. Yeah, it felt so, like it was like a missed opportunity at the end. Yeah, definitely. So, as the game was going on, you know, it was a close game. And then, yeah, we got some little, we got a little bit of hope. But then it was like, oh, uh, we're not there yet. Yeah. So, I mean, I was, I was okay. I mean, I wasn't too depressed. I was able to eat my food without throwing up. But I was all right. Yeah. I think the worst <laughs> one in most recent memory was 2017 when – we played the Vikings, never lost, and we thought had the block field goal, and then ended up being offsides, and you know that that game just spoiled. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, so many games like this. I don't. Know. And my family messed me up. They had turkey. They already served it while the game was going on, so I had to get coldish turkey, which was just it was not the same, dude. All right, well, let's get into this game. <laughs> we got Lions Packers. Let's get into the injury report for both of these squads. I'll start off with the Packers boys. Whoever wants to read it off, I know it's going to be a lengthy one, so I'll just mute my mic and sit back, and you guys can go ahead. I guess I'll go for it. First and foremost, our uh, hopefully soon-to-be wide receiver one, uh, Dontavon Wicks, out with a concussion, if you could imagine, because it's just it's just not, not going to sit pretty this week. Luke Musgrave went to the hospital. That's never a good sign. He had a lacerated kidney that he told the Packers training staff about, I believe it was on... Monday morning, but before that, he was just like, "Yeah, well, I'll chill," and then ends up going to the hospital. They diagnose it; it ends up being just fine, but unlikely to play this week. Further, uh, star cornerback Jair Alexander has a shoulder injury. He was limited. It's going to be a long one, folks. I'm sorry, you're going to be hearing a lot of me. Um, Corey Ballantine, the quarterback as well, also has a shoulder injury. He was a full participant. Um, so hopefully he goes and we'll have somebody to put out there. Devondre Campbell, the linebacker, was a DMP after going out on uh, Sunday. Kenny Clark was limited. Josiah DeGuar has a hip injury. He did not participate. So that's two tight ends were down now. A.J. Dillon, the only healthy-ish running back on the roster, was limited with a uh, with a groin injury. Safety Rudy Ford was limited. Rashawn Gary was a full participant after um, injuring his shoulder. I believe it was early-ish in that game. Um, Elton Jenkins has been on the the injury report almost the entire year thanks to a his uh, knee injury he suffered against the Falcons Aaron Jones escapes the win against why am I forgetting who they played chargers. I'm blanking the chargers thank you my word <laughs> escapes the chargers win with the, just an MCL sprain after it was feared to be much much worse so he will not be playing uh Keyshawn Nixon ankle he might play he was limited in practice 
Uh, Jaden Reed, after his great day against the Chargers, um, was limited with a chest injury. Uh, Darnell Savage could play. He is in the window to return from his IR stint. So that would be a nice little help to the secondary should he play. Christian Watson, the off-inner Christian Watson, was a full participant with a shoulder injury, but was limited on Monday. So again, hopefully he can go so we can have 53 guys playing. And then uh, my young son, Emmanuel Wilson, a shoulder injury was a DNP. I didn't keep count, but I ended up, it looks to be close to 15 to 20 guys. guys. 17, yeah. 17 guys on the injury report. That's a third oh, of the team. I will yield my time to Tyler or Malcolm to go over the Lions injury report. All right, <laughs> my yeah. goodness. Well, this one's a lot nice and easier. It won't take too much longer. I think the really only notable <laughs> one here is Jonah Jackson. Looks like he's going to miss another game with that wrist injury he didn't practice the last two days but everyone else is pretty much good to go i mean we have isaiah bugs who was out last week with an illness he's been a full participant the last two days uh if melafanu who's dealing with the hand injury he's also a full participant and then Ragnow, who obviously has been on the injury report all year kind of like elton jenkins he's been having the toe and he's been having some rest days as well mixed in with those he was a full participant both days as well so that that's it for the lines injury report. We only have four guys technically listed, one guy expected to miss. Yeah, that, that one guy. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> one guy. One, that one guy is our starter. He's our starting um guard. Um, I, I think it's, it's kind of a big impact because that guy is going against Kenny Clark. So Kenny Clark will be going against um look like it could be um Shoresdale, the rookie. Mm-hmm. That that could be an impact. So hopefully they they figured something out on that end. If Kenny Clark plays. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta factor yeah. that in. As yeah, well. he has to play. That's right. He <laughs> has to play. That's right. He yeah, I mean, I love how Milk was trying to stretch. Like that one injury for us is like the <laughs> of other seventeen guys. <laughs> yeah, oh, I man. mean, it's yeah. like Joe is a great player. Don't get me wrong, but like, it's not even comparable to what they just said like a minute ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that injury report reminded me of something like we had last year going on when yeah. we had all the, that. We had the injury bug and it was like listing. It was like ten minutes to read our injury report. It was, it was uh, tough. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's weird being the other side of it because like yeah, we're used to seeing like the four guys on the other side, and we're we're the guys listing twenty five guys out of our roster with <laughs> you know just some type of injury. But yeah, there you go. That's the injury report. All right, I want to ask you guys a question, though. So we obviously played already week four on Thursday Night Football. How much would you guys say your team has changed from that game heading into this game on Thursday? It's a very interesting um, kind of way that we're going into this game, too, because it feels like the exact kind of game. Packers beat the Saints, came back. Jordan Love is, is just like, oh, look, we have a quarterback. We have a future, future starting quarterback, everything like that. Then they proceed to lose four straight games. Everything just <laughs> goes to crap. The offense looked really, like, impotent, like, beyond belief. Aaron Jones missed a bunch of games. We're thinking of A.J. Dillon as this lead back. He's not even getting more than 30 yards in a game. Like, our rushing attack has been terrible. Um Jordan Love, all the mistakes start to pile up too. Like he's throwing interceptions, making the wrong reads, bad throws, whatever you want to call it. Defense is keeping them in games, but like they're playing the same game over and over again. So until like they beat the Rams a couple of weeks ago, lose to the Steelers last week, and then they just beat the Chargers again. And now it's kind of like, okay, you see the potential of where everything is. 
It's just a matter of all that coming together in one package. And I feel like we're getting closer to what we actually, you know, best picture scenario anticipated going into the year. But there's all these different things going on. And obviously, you know, we just read the injury report. We're talking about guys that are like number ones. If they're not starting wide or starting caliber players, they're really key cogs in this whole offense, especially since like the entire offense is banged up beside Jordan Love or whatever. So to me, it's like it's very interesting <laughs> going into this Lions game because they came back to beat the Chargers, and it's this kind of like, hey, the kids are kind of getting it together, and then the Lions, who are, in my opinion, like it's them and the Eagles as the best teams in the NFC. And you're just waiting for that hammer to just like fall on them. And it's like, oh, well, oops. <laughs> that, that's how I kind of feel about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, go ahead. Yeah. It's interesting perspective. Um, You know, I feel like that's kind of where we were a little bit last year. Like, you know, we were that gritty team that maybe just wasn't ready enough, like to, you know, necessarily compete for the division yet. Um, You guys are young, obviously, having a whole new transition going from, all the winning football there in Rodgers. Now you guys are transitioning into Jordan Love. And, you know, he's shown moments both ways of good and bad. And, you know, it should definitely be an interesting matchup, though, coming into Thursday to see how much he's grown from week four when we first played him to now. Because you even saw the difference in that game. Like, the first half was pretty rough for him. But then you saw the second half. It was starting to click for Jordan Love and the offense. And they were scoring more points on our defense. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is that in the, in the first game, it was a tale of two halves where the first half was just – close your eyes and turn away. It's ugly kind of, kind of mood. And second half, he picks it up. But I think since that game and since the losing streak had ended, it's it's become a more full game from Jordan Love. And the offense has, hasn't looked. This has been the word of the week and the month because it's apparently not a word. Uh, chorful. It's just laborious to watch the Packers offense throughout that losing streak. And now it, it hasn't been so bad it's actually been exciting to see some of these guys emerge like Dontavian Wicks and Jaden Reed along with um Luke Musgrave catching the ball and then immediately falling down afterwards you guys haven't seen those clips that man is incapable of walking and chewing bubble gum or catching a football and continuing to run afterwards so I, he's awesome I think he's gonna be really great he just needs to learn how to run and not act like Bambi um but for all intents and purposes it's going to be, in my opinion, probably a similar type of game. Having traded Russell Douglas, who was um, one of the, the best corners, I guess, in the league now. There's people talking about him being a, a true starting all-pro uh, cornerback one. It's like, uh, good thing we got a, a third-round pick for him. But <laughs> um, with Jair out, possibly he's been out the last two games. It's It will probably be another route that the Packers – maybe get into late in the game if they have some luck but yeah with all the injuries that they're they're currently dealing with it it's going to be a, a tough sled man his his, his sarcasm is amazing it's amazing but i, I want to ask like I, I haven't seen much of the packers the past few weeks maybe you guys can shed some light on it um how is his chemistry um as far as Jordan Love, is this chemistry building up with those receivers now or is it Kind of like how it was in the beginning of the year where they're kind of off or no. So I think it's really building between everybody but Christian Watson, frankly. Yes. Like yeah. Christian Watson and him, and him have a lot of work to do. Like the deep ball connection just isn't there. But between Jordan Love and then Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, and Romeo Dobbs, 
it's going pretty well, frankly. Um, him and Romeo Dobbs have quite the connection in the end, in the red zone. And there was an article by our a friend of the pod, uh, Paul Brittle, who was talking about like, don't let Romeo Dobbs's touchdown numbers skew you from thinking that he's been good this year. And we read it. It's like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. He's catching a lot of touchdowns, but he's rarely getting separation in any other asset facet of his game. And so I think Jordan Love's biggest thing is throwing in rhythm. He almost like if he does his three step drop and gets it out quickly, he's almost money the entire time. But the longer he holds onto the ball, the less accurate he gets. And so, so long as the receivers run their routes well, which they have been doing since the last time the Packers played the Lions, it's been pretty good. But once they get into like the years of Aaron Rodgers scrambling and trying to do improv football, then it gets a little rough. So it's when we when we lost to the Raiders, I had one on a, on a big diatribe on the pod saying that Josh McDaniels should be using Jimmy Garoppolo like the Packers use Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur should use Jordan Love like Jimmy Garoppolo. Just like three-step drop, get it out quick and just let him get into a rhythm. And that has become more of the process um, in the last six, seven games to where they're getting it up quicker and having some shots over the middle rather than taking five, six, seven shots downfield every game. Yeah. How are you guys feeling about your offensive line? Because one of the issues with the Lions recently – um, and I think we had one of our better games when we actually put you guys before was our pass rush. And it, it's been very, very inconsistent and spotty. And, you know, we are waiting kind of for that spark right now. But we don't have our, I guess, ammunition coming this Thursday. Like we signed Bruce Irvin and we have no idea what to expect. You know, the guy's 36 years old and we, we don't know really what to expect when he when he is playing. And he's not expected to play this Thursday. James Houston's been on IR since week two, and he's one of our big guys at getting towards the quarterback. He came, made, made, his, made his debut actually last Thanksgiving versus the Bills and finished the season with eight sacks, which was phenomenal. The Lions pass rush has been very spotty. Um, how do you guys feel about your offensive line holding up our defensive line in this Thursday's game? Um, I will say I, I understand, like, it because it's a pass rush because we – it's mirrors how we have talked about Packers own pass rush where it's like you got Rashawn Gary and this, you know, they just extended him. He's, he's getting big money and all this stuff. And it's like, why can't you just get home more frequently? Like that's they how we get feel there. about Hutchinson. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is like that guy, I mean, what he's played three games against the Packers. And I believe he's like had at least one or two sacks in each one of those. Oh, yeah. Hutchinson like, lives for these Packers games. I'm not going to lie to you guys. He lives for these Packers games. So, to, the, to answer your question, he scares me the most out of a lot of the pass rushers that they've struggled with because the Raiders game, Newmark mentioned, they had um, Rashad, or, sorry, Rasheed Walker defend him, and Max Crosby's lined up all the line, just terrorized that entire game. Um, who's another pass rusher that Aaron Donald – made mincemeat of like their interior linemen. Like this is a young offensive line. And obviously the elephant in the room is not having David Bakhtiari for obvious reasons. He's been going through his own health journey for the last three years. And you take that away, even like the David Bakhtiari of last year, who, you know, you could say was playing on one and a half legs or whatever. He was still like an all pro level guy. You take that away. You're relying on, you know, Ellen Jenkins is the best of the bunch. You're relying on guys that are 
you know, second, third years, we're putting out a rookie um, in some cases. Like it's, it, it's very young is developing. They make mistakes a lot too. Like Rasheed Walker has like at least like five or six, like offensive penalties, whether it's false start holding. It just, it, that's where <laughs> I, if that's where I could see this game going off the rails very quickly is that like, if you get to Jordan love, if you pressure him, he has to make throws, you know, faster than he's processing things. That's where it's like, oh, we're getting in the danger zone kind of thing. Yeah. I think also if Zach or if uh, Aiden Hutchinson lines up across from Zach Tom, he might have a tougher time getting home. But if he's lined up across for Walker or Josh Diamond, he's probably going to have some success. Um, going against TJ Watt and Khalil Mack the last couple of weeks, Zach Tom held up pretty well. Like TJ Watt was. I think had a sack, but it was a sack on which the entire defensive line and edge rushers got home. So it's between like, if, if Zach Tom can perform like he did against TJ Watt against Aiden Hutchinson, it'll be a, a good performance. But I think all it takes for that to just not be a factor is for Aiden Hutchinson to go to the other side of the line. Yeah. Yeah. Malcolm, how are you feeling? Cause I know your concern with this defense is like when we play, a true number one receiver or something like that. And uh, you're, you're concerned about our secondary and our pass rush too at, at times because they're just not getting home enough. Now they kind of said their concerns with the receiving core. Like they don't necessarily have a number one guy. They got some young guys that are, you know, good in their moments with Reed and Watson and Wicks and, you know, they, they have multiple guys. Now, yeah. does that concern you? Or do you think this is one of those weeks where the lines where they could potentially bounce back and, you know, get home more often or potentially not make these receivers a, uh, uh, as much of a factor as they've been the last couple of weeks, like Keenan Allen and DJ Moore. Yeah, I think I think it's a pretty fair matchup. But I think between our secondary and their receiving core, I don't think they have any elite guys um, yet. I think they have a lot of potential to have some guys that could, that could be elite in the future. But as of right now, I don't believe we have an, an elite corner or even no, a number no. one corner. I think both of these guys are, are number twos in the league, and they should be guarding the, the second best you know receivers. But unfortunately, we just have two guys that are starting right now that. Um, our our cornerback twos, and I think because the, this receiving core is so young, I think it's gonna be a good matchup. I don't see anybody favored on this side. Like I can't say that. Oh yeah, their receiving core is gonna completely demolish Cam Sutton or Jerry, Jerry Jerry Jacobs. And I can't say the opposite. I can't say that we're gonna shut them down. Um, I think it'll be a fair matchup. I think they're gonna win some. And I think we're gonna get our get our share of um winning some battles too. Yeah, I mean, so long fair. as so long as Kirby Joseph doesn't ruin my ruin my life again. Like, <laughs> Two interceptions in Detroit, and then two in in Green yeah. Bay. Like that man was a was a, a havoc last year. Yeah, he's, he's no. been inconsistent this year. He's been a lot of up and down with Kirby Joseph. Last year he played phenomenal football, and you guys kind of already hinted at it. Like he had a number versus the Packers, especially Aaron Rodgers had three picks That's on exactly. one year of you know on him. Yeah. But it's it's been up and down for Kirby this year. We haven't really seen the same guy that we saw last year out of him. Yeah, he got one. He had one pick. What game was that? that was a couple weeks ago, he had one pick. They had the Chargers game, and then he had the one that Jimmy G just lobbed it to him on Monday Night Football. Yeah. So I mean, he. Um. I. I think the reason why he was so he played well so so well last year is because we played a lot of man and we played a lot of cover one, and he just had to play center field. You know. Now we're playing a lot of zone, a lot of cover three, and. He is he's biting too much on the inside man and letting guys get behind him. That that's his issue mm. right now. So he needs to improve. He he just definitely needs to improve. That that that's his issue right now. And there's a lot of plays that are you know there's a guy wide open in the middle because he bit on the the post route. That's the, that that's the inside post right. He bit on that, but there's a guy going on top of his head. You know, so 
that that's his issue. Yeah, I don't think he played in that that game earlier in the year, week four. I think he was out with an injury. So, you know, he'll be making his Packers debut. And like we said last year, he, he was living for those games last year. Kind of like, a, you know why I think Hodgson lives for those these type of games? It's Because it, I think it reminds him of like a Michigan-Ohio State game to a certain extent. You know, th- those are his Michigan-Ohio State games, like the big rivalry games. It feels like he always steps up. And yeah, like he lo- it, it seems like he has a different edge when he plays the Packers like the Vikings. <laughs> I mean that makes sense. He's he's from he's from Michigan. Right. So if you grew up a Detroit yeah, fan, yeah. If you grew up a Detroit fan, he's watched us for his entire life. And if he has any sort of uh, fandom with with the Lions, I'm sure he would love to make sure the Packers ever win again, and he'd be the reason for it. Yeah, yeah. I think he actually grew up a Patriots fan, which is crazy. But he he claims that he grows up a, a grew up a Lions fan now. Because I remember after we beat you guys, he goes, "Oh, I remember." Aaron Rodgers always kicking the Lions' ass in the past, so like it, like I mean, it's different when we play him now. But <laughs> I think he's bullshit, honestly. I love Hutch, but I think he's bullshit when he yeah. says that. It's like Tom Brady fan. That's like Taylor Hero, like when the Bucks traded for Dame Lillard, he was like, "I can't wait to get a Dame Lillard jersey." It's like you grew up watching the Bucks when they were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, don't don't kid yourself. He's got uh, Aiden Hutchinson's on, on the treadmill with the LeBron book with the first page open. You know, like the- Aiden Hutchinson's one of those guys that went to high school and middle school and was just talking shit to every Lions fan after every loss. Oh, look at Tom Brady, what he did for the Patriots. Because I think his dad put for the Patriots. So mm. I think, oh, I think, I okay. think that's the connection there. That but, makes sense. Um, I, I already know that's why he's talking shit. Like he would probably come to school every single day just talking shit about the lines. I can already. How tell about those? Really how deep. about those pats? Yeah. <laughs> he was one. Of, he was one of those guys. And Brady's a Michigan guy too. Obviously he went to right. Michigan, so I right. think that's why he cheered for them. But I, I could already tell he, when he says like he grew up a Lions fan, he's bullshit. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um offensively for the lines though how, how are you guys feeling as far as your guys' defense being able to hold down our offense um not well <laughs> not, not well the thing so one of our questions is to flip it on you yeah um week four we saw this lions team just tore through the entire Packers run defense it's it's the story it's a story that goes back beyond like it <laughs> the defense coordinator is Joe Barry right now, but we've had multiple defense coordinators and the Packers still have never been able to stop the run since Michael Vick ran through Lambeau like 20 years ago. Like that is like the flashpoint. But I guess now with Dave Montgomery got back, what, two games ago? Yeah, he came back after the bye week. So the Chargers game came back. <clears throat> Jameer Gibbs, I've seen he's more used as the running back that everybody thought he was going to be. <laughs> my question is, is i guess do we have any optimism of, of like this lions team is not gonna run through us this time <laughs> what i will say is though is if you guys can't stop the run or prove you can't stop the run the lions offense has no problem running the ball 40 50 times in the game like if, if you're proving yeah. that you can't stop it like they'll do it and it, it kind of goes back to week four like you mentioned and david montgomery came back in, from an injury in that game too and you know he had I think that was his best game as a Lion was that Packers game, honestly. You know, rushed for three touchdowns. And every time we needed some yards out of him or some gritty yards, he, he was able to do it. So I will say is, like, if you guys can't stop the run or prove that you can't stop the run, I don't think Ben Johnson and Dan Campbell will lean away from the run. And kind of like you mentioned, it, Jameer Gibbs has really came into his own the last three, three-ish games. since like that Baltimore game, even though he got killed, yeah. that was kind of like his coming out party, and he hasn't really looked back since. 
um, since that Ravens game, I would say. Yeah. And the Packers, or sorry, um, just kind of cross. (laughs) Packers have really struggled against like the Jameer Gibbs of the world, like B. John Robinson, the second week of the season, just, he didn't get a lot of snaps or got like a lot of calls his way, but like anytime he touched the ball, it was just, Oh, that's a 10 yard run. That's a 15 yard run. It's stuff that dynamic, like really explosive back Jalen Warren, a couple of weeks ago, like they just don't have any answers for him. And that's where it's like, okay, th- we might just be seeing a repeat of week four. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I was going to say, man, that the, the Packers, they really need, if, if they want to, you know, try to get this upset against Detroit this week, they need to, you know, definitely try to stop this run game for Detroit because I know, like in the past, for some reason, I don't know what it was. It's like, it just seems like Green Bay didn't really care about stopping the run. They're allergic. They are literally allergic to stopping uh, the run. I, 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 it's confusing because, like, you guys have some great pieces. You get Kenny Clarks, so you got. <laughs> you got you got the, the Smith. Smith is there. I mean, you got some great pieces my to stop the run. My man's. We have no idea why they can't do it either. Like yeah, I was like, I was looking at this the other day. When we were trying to. Uh, I was just doing a little thought exercise while feigning working at my my day job. I was like, if the Packers pick at like five, who's a good interior defensive lineman they can get to stop the run? I was like, well, who do they have now? And how they grade out of college? Devontae White graded great at stopping the run out of college. Yeah, out of from Georgia, yeah. and now he just seemingly can't do it. And the answer is because of the defensive coordinator. Like I think the plan, Aaron, and the defensive uh, line coach, they yeah, just that- can't. They just can't develop a, a guy that can consistently stop the run. It has to be the scheme. I mean, uh, but this week. If you guys want to have any shot of getting this upset, stopping the run is huge for for Green Bay, man, because they have two backs that that are dynamic. Both both like we played the Chargers and we had over 200 rushing yards on the ground against the Chargers. And the last thing the Packers would want is something like that to happen um, this Thursday. So I think stopping the run is huge, and that's probably like you want it should be the, one of your keys um, to to get the, that victory. Yeah, the honestly, what makes the Lions so good and scary because you kind of already alluded to is like you already you view this team as a top two, top three team in the NFC. Is that like they are so balanced on offense? Like even if the run game yes. isn't necessarily working, like Jared Goff could win the game while pass the ball. Like we had one game this year, we played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where Montgomery got out during that game. Jameer Gibbs was hurt, so he didn't dress up, and we were left with Craig Reynolds. Divino Zigbo and Malcolm Hart was playing there in the backfield, right? <laughs> so, like, we, we had a non-existent running game, and it wasn't our best offensive performance by any means, but Goff found ways to win the game with his arm, which is something that people, like, don't ever really give him credit for, but he showed that he could win games on his arm if he needs to. Even last week, like, one of his worst performances that we've seen him in the Lions uniform, especially in the last two years, Put it all aside in those last two drives where essentially you don't have time to even establish a run or you can run the ball anymore. He won the game with his arm. So that's what makes the Lions offense so good. That is our identity. Our defense is average at best. And that's being generous if I say they're average. But the Lions identity of how they are where they are right now being at 8-2 and is because they're off and what they could do with their offensive line, get the passing game involved, and get the running game involved. That, that That's what makes them so dynamic. So with last last week's performance against the Bears, I guess what 
did the Bears do that made Jared Goff's life so hard the, that first three and a half quarters before they before they came back? And I guess how how do you think the Packers could replicate it if it was replicatable? I guess at all. <laughs> I'll let you answer that, Malcolm. How, how do you think they they well, can do that? Well, I mean. Uh, if you just if you're just looking at the stats, you're looking at three interceptions. Like man, yeah, Jared Goff is having a rough one, you know. But um, two of those interceptions, I, I don't put on Goff. One of them, the receiver gets hit after ten yards, and there was no flag, and then the ball just goes right to the defender. And then the other one came up with tip ball off the line of scrimmage where it just got tipped. And then um, oh, okay. yeah, so there was one one interception that Jared Goff threw right to the linebacker. Everybody was like, "Yo, what are you doing?" Similar to the first <laughs> pass of the the Packers game. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, I, I think you know to mimic it, get your hands up in the line of scrimmage. <laughs> you know to get a tip, get some tip balls. Um, I don't think Jared Goff makes too many crazy mistakes like that. This is actually the first game in the Detroit Lions uniform that Jared Goff throw multiple interceptions. Um, usually he'll throw one interception and we're like, what is he doing? And then um, usually bounce back and be able to he, he's able to perform. Um, but yeah, this this game he had three of them. So yeah, I mean, if you want to get your hands up in the line of scrimmage, that that'll mimic that that give you got a chance to mimic it. Or if you want to hit the receiver while he's in in route, <laughs> that'll be another way. <laughs> like I'm not even trying to sound like arrogant or cocky, but like it was kind of fluky, like the amount of intercept. Like you don't you just don't see that like yeah. that often with Jared Goff. And you guys already alluded to like that week four game. He threw a pick, I think, yeah, like you said, it was the first or second drive first in the drive. game. Yeah. And he he'll have those every once in a while in the game. Like he'll have like one really like questionable decision. But other than that, like he doesn't get he doesn't let it get flustered. Like he he still We'll put it past him and then, like, just go ball out after. And that's something that I really applaud about Goff is that, like, he doesn't, like, like get scared after. Like, even throwing after a pick last week, three of them, like, he was still throwing tight window passes to Amon Rossi and Brown. Like, he wasn't scared to still sling the ball. So, I don't know if it's repeatable, like, to do what the Bears did in causing three picks. Um, I would say the best way to win this game for the Packers is keeping the offense off the field. Now, I know you guys don't have Aaron Jones in this game. That's going to be rough. But something the Bears did very very well and why they should have won the game was they completely dominated the time of possession. They doubled our time of possession in that game. So if you guys could keep us off the field and have those long, lengthy drives, like the Bears had two eight-plus-minute drives in that game. If you guys could have those lengthy drives, I know it's a lot easier said than done, and keep that lines off off the field, then you got a shot to win this game. Like that, That's what I think the lines could be – prone to losing and with this defense you never know man like they've had their ups and downs this year so if you, if you guys can get your offense going and you can get the running game going and keep them on the field for long consistent times you know that, that that's where the upset could happen to your point of jared goff kind of you know throwing that early mistake interception in that first drive what we saw from like that rest of the first half like i know like we talked about like the 211 rushing yards that the Packers gave up and all that stuff. Jared Goff was like picky apart that Packers defense too. Like that didn't get talked a lot of or as much about because we're used to the run defense just not being great. But I <laughs> watching those drives of just like it's just surgical, like hitting Amon Ross St. Brown over and over again, finding the, the cracks in the zone because the Packers play a lot of zone. It's like he knows how to dismantle that defense so well that like and this is not the other 
problem with the Packers too is that it's not a team that forces any turnovers really. Like it's more aberrations oh. when they when they do get turnovers. And I think even in this year, like you meant again mentioning that interception, they only got three points out of it. Like they don't make good on these breaks that go their way. And that's part of maybe being a young team and all that stuff. But like, it's not, it's not their forte to, to kind of turn the game on its head by, you know, forcing a fumble or, you know, getting multiple picks or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And for, and for what it's worth, I, I tried to do a quick Google to see who had the most three and outs uh, this year. And I couldn't find that, but pretty close to it. Uh, the Packers are the eighth, worst team in, t- in terms of time of time of possession per drive oh, like yeah. their, their average drive is two minutes and uh and 38 seconds and they average uh six plays a drive <laughs> yeah well to be fair you know how you guys said you guys don't really cause many takeaways the bears didn't really either before this game i think I, I'm, looking, I'm looking yeah. at it right now the bears only had nine takeaways before this game now they have um what they cost three four of them last game versus us so now they have yeah, so they have 13 now but yeah, they were ranked 27th in as far as defensive takeaways before this game. Right now, you guys are 29th at, with nine takeaways. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Obviously, things could happen. And like I said, the, but the Bears weren't known to be a team that causes many takeover, takeaways either. And and yeah. also, also controlling the time of possession. They weren't known that too, to yeah. that either. Yeah, they yeah. completely um, dominated the time of possession. That was another thing. That so, is I mean, something that's that, that that the Packers have been getting better at. Like that was the biggest thing in the losing streak was that the offense just couldn't stay on the field, and they yeah. just weren't putting drives together. Defense was out there for for so long, but in these last three games against the um, the Rams, the Steelers, and the Chargers, I think they've won the time of possession. And mm-hmm. like I think the Steelers game was the outlier in which they are a missed extra point away from tying and going to overtime at the end of the game. And so, uh yeah, I guess it's it's trending the right way, but I think to your points earlier, the offenses of the the Rams and the the Steelers aren't that of the Lions. Yeah, and... <laughs> I think you guys played the first yeah. rip in two when you guys played the Rams too. I sure did. Yes, right. we did. Yeah. 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 Oh no, I think we forgot to mention you that mean, by design. <laughs> you mean Seattle Seahawks Brett Rippin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Oh, they no, cut him the day after they. Lost. He and he dropped. still wasn't good enough to even give him the Rams playbook. They still lost that game last week too. <laughs> yeah. That's not oh, good. Oh man, I mean, this is this this is a shock because I didn't know that they were not really good at getting takeaways, and that's usually been the Packers' identity. Like yeah. Packers of the past, they're all known for mm-hmm. take, getting takeaways, man. Um, so this year they're not really doing that. No, with Jair being out, it's been a little tough. Like Jair is known to get a pick here and there and jump some routes to be able to do so. But the secondary is just in like in shambles most of the year. Razul will get a pick here or there, but obviously he's always the team anymore. Uh, they're starting just Simone Biles, husband at safety along with one Biles husband. Is that <laughs> actually that... true? Yeah. Really? Jonathan Owens is uh Simone Biles' husband and I, she's wow. at, she's at like yeah. every game. Mm-hmm. And wow. so, like, yeah. So, uh, enjoy that little tidbit when you will probably see Simone Biles on the broadcast. On is that on guys is like your like I'm in rocket name all 16 receivers before he was drafted? Is that like <laughs> you guys think you guys hear every broadcast? 
yeah, Simone Biles is like our Taylor Swift now, I guess. Yeah, that's probably, that's probably what it is. Yeah, um, we had two of those: Stafford and Kershaw being best friends, and yep. one that Stafford yes. was here. And now it's I'm gonna rock a name all sixteen receivers name before him. That's what we hear. <laughs> they say that yeah. they say that every broadcast, every single broadcast. Right, like, we know this already, man. <laughs> that, that was that's been us. Like, but before the season, like, admittedly. Uh, before the season started, Jordan and I were drinking the Kool Aid. Like we had, like, yeah, this team's like eleven wins at least, dog. Because well, we I did not say at least. <laughs> I said <laughs> at least. <laughs> I said at least. Because okay. I thought like that they were just going to roll with Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Aaron Jones would be healthy, and what we saw from Jordan Love in the preseason. Like I was, I, I was drinking the Kool Aid, guys. It's hard not to. And from there, we had like. We didn't have like a prop bet or anything, but we're like, we're gonna hear so much about the the lineage of Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love all season long. And at the beginning of the year, it was it was almost nauseating. So I'm yes. glad that we're 11 weeks into the season and it's not there anymore. We have to talk about just how bad the offense has been. <laughs> so me and Malcolm, after our episode yesterday, actually we were just looking at the NFC standings and we were like kind of just looking at the six and seven seeds, like completely wide open right now. How optimistic are you guys right now that the Packers could squeeze in and make this playoffs this year? So, so <laughs> the whole reason why we were bullish is that when you know we're doing our you know playoff predictions and stuff like that, I was like, the one team I knew that was not going to be really good this year was the Giants. I thought they were. I, I just saw through it. And you everything. can say the F word. Frauds. No, I fraud. <laughs> um so i was like well let's gun for their spot like that's the spot that you'd have to get in there um not that it's a theoretical possibility that that they could i don't i really don't see it happening so going coming out of the win or like coming out of the win on sunday like 3 30 i was like man if they somehow make a miracle run and do this like they could sneak into the playoffs i we were talking about it on the on the pod i believe on, on sunday's post game pod the i scheduled losses against the lions and the chiefs but then they have like the panthers the bucks the bears yeah. the vikings giants. and yeah, the giants, giants. Yeah. like if they win like five their seven, schedule their schedule has been i mean they were th- what third place third last place, year like yeah. it's not good like they have the capabilities to do it but it's why we're like hey Best case scenario, we could see this team being successful, but it's right. Like, but then look at the injury report. Then we saw like 17 players on the injury report. It's just like, <laughs> if, like if, if Aaron Jones is out longer than like two, three weeks, that's going to be tough. Yeah. Um, like it, it just, it's just, it's just tough sledding to have that many injuries to be able to make a player out front, even against these teams that are significantly worse, in my opinion, than, than the Packers are. Yeah. Like the Giants, the Bears. Even like the Buccaneers have a good defense and they've been playing teams close this year. They're like, sneaky. Been, yeah, yeah they're they could be in games. Yeah, they're sneaky. They get, I mean, we did a very good job on them defensively. I mean, uh, offense, yeah, defensively, we did a great job versus them, but their defense, yeah, they, they gave us some havoc. They gave us some problems. They stayed in the ball game for a while. Um, I think it's going to come interesting when you guys play the Vikings. I think that's really the game to kind of really determine if you guys are a playoff team or not. But I'm mean, just looking right now, like the 60 of the Seahawks, Kenneth Walker's maybe a candidate for IR right now. Gino's banged up and then who knows what we have, what's going what's going to happen with the Minnesota Vikings going forward now. Yeah. The, the Seahawks schedule is really tough right now. So they could fall off a cliff. Um, Vikings, they still got to play us twice. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they play you guys. If you guys get even split these next two games, you guys have a shot. 
Yeah, it's, is there? It's, it's at this point, it's it it's so hard to predict like them string. To, we're we're starting to see them string together drives. Then it's like, okay, can you string together wins? Like it's just taking those baby steps. Yeah, because right. it is such a young team, even with all the injuries and everything like that. And like that's where I just kind of view this as as much as they've been in games because you know, we could complain about like all these games going to, down the wire than losing, except for the Saints and Chargers game, really. They're in it, they're showing signs of life, they're showing signs of what they could be. It's just the frustrating part is like, why can't it all come together now? Yeah. And yeah, you know. they're just they've been finding ways to win where that wasn't the case early on in the season. Like they yes. the offense should have found a way to win the Falcons game because they lost that game and part of the offense's inability to get something going in the fourth quarter. And then during the losing streak, like they just couldn't get anything going at all on offense. Yeah. And like Jordan said, stringing success together for them has been the growth point to keep them in games and now have them winning their last two of three. Again, an extra point miss away from being able to kick the field at the end of the fourth quarter to send to overtime. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you guys. No offense, but I prefer you guys. To, I prefer to play you guys in the playoffs in the Vikings because I was just looking at our schedule. Oh, we, yeah. We would be playing yeah. the Vikings three out of our four last games if we played in the wild card round. Like, like, and I and I feel good about our team against the Vikings, but that's just tough to beat a team three times or, you know, you see a team two times before the playoffs and play them immediately right away. Like, that, that can be difficult. Yeah. Yeah. The more you see of a team, the more you see, oh, that's how we could defend that or, like, take away their – Especially that's, how recent too, because it'd be all like yes, they're all together. Yeah, yeah, that's like a it's that would be like a baseball series in that way. You exactly, know I mean? like it's just, like a best of three at that point. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a wild card <laughs> round. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it'd be interesting. But um, to answer question, not good. I don't think they're gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, we didn't think the Lions were going to make it around this time last year. They got hot, and they almost had an opportunity to play in that Week 18 game versus you guys for a playoff spot. That is spot true. That is very true. You know? Yeah. So yeah. You never know. You never know. Maybe the team gets high. You never know what happens. Uh, All right. Um, you guys got anything else to add on this game, or should we get into our Thanksgiving questions? I want to ask something, I guess, brief, just okay. um, for like the change from last year to this year. Like You guys were – a bit of a younger team like last year, sort of the pieces start sort of coming into the into the mold to really start growing to what Dan Campbell and company have made this team into a Super Bowl contender this year. Has it really just been the addition of David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs that has reinvigorated this offense? Or I guess why does this offense look so much better than it did last year where it's it's keeping you guys in games as much as um I you called your defense average at best and I was shocked by that because I thought you guys had a pretty, pretty decent defense, but I guess the injuries have been plaguing you guys that way as well. But I guess what has been the difference? Yeah, what has been the, the difference for you guys on offense this year? Oh, I would say it's just more consistency. Like it, it's a comfortability. Like I think Jared Goff is more used to this offense now than it was in the beginning of the year. I think him and the connection between him and Ben Johnson is just absolutely phenomenal, and the comfortability with his receivers. Is absolutely unreal. Like Amon Rossi and Brown and Goff have built that connection since last year, or I would even say since his rookie year towards the end of the year. And it's just taken steps and steps every single week. And it used to really only be like Amon Rossi and Brown. And then you see like Josh Reynolds and Raymond. And, and no offense to Raymond and Reynolds, those guys are very good players, very gritty players for our team. 
but you're seeing some more impact players have more of a say into this offense. That is guys like Jameer Gibbs, who has got completely comfortable with this offense. Um, now you have Sam Laporta in the mix, who is coming yes. very comfortable in this offense. And now, as of recently, we've been waiting for this for so long. It looks like it's finally coming together with Jared Goff and Jamison Williams. I'm, it's not fully there yet. There is still a lot of work to be in progress. Like, he's still having, you know, one, two catches a game. And it's going to come to a point where I think he's going to get four or five catches a game, right? Like, it's going to increase. I think it's getting there with JMO. So, like, the comfortability with his receiving core, having the trust in his offensive line, and then, like you guys mentioned, having that running game to lean on with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, I think it's just, like, everything's – fitted perfectly right now for our quarterback and our quarterback is very comfortable with the play calling and he has a swagger right now like he's he's playing very confident football right now yeah i remember um it all started mid-season last year yeah um when uh, we we're like i said we we're just same as far as our injury point just like yours and um we're getting guys back we're getting healthier our schedule got a little bit lighter and i knew that they were able during that time to to work on their chemistry work on um, finding ways to win, learning how to win, even against the teams that are not like the, the best teams. Those, those, those are probably the, the most helpful games when you're trying to learn how to win because you do it against those teams. And then, um, you know, that like Tyler said, that chemistry between golf and Ben Johnson, just grown, it's just grown. And um, him being year two in that offense, you, you can tell that, you know, he's more comfortable. And this is probably like the, the most comfortable golf that he's probably been as a pro. So, yeah, that, that's definitely a help. As far as our defense, you know, having Aiden Hutchinson there to, to be able to put pressure on quarterbacks is, is, a, is a help. And, um, you know, Aaron Glenn has been doing a, a decent job as far as having the guys in the right position this year. Yeah, I would say, though, the running game has definitely helped. Like, you got more – like, Jamal Williams was great for this football team last year at 17 touchdowns. But, like, it's a different running back room, like – it's David Montgomery, I think, is an upgrade over what we had with Jamal Williams. And you guys could probably speak on that because you guys had Jamal Williams on your football team for many years. Mm-hmm. And Jameer Gibbs has just been a, a way more consistent player for us than DeAndre Swift was. Like, DeAndre Swift seemed like he kind of lost the trust of the coaching staff last year. With this staff right now, they really trust both their guys. Whoever's name is called on, um, you know, they're doing a phenomenal job. And between those two guys alone, they have a great connection. Like, there was a clip that was kind of going viral when we played the Chargers. Um, you know, Jameer Gibbs is at the one-yard line, and usually that's a David Montgomery run all day. He's going to get the touchdown. David's like, oh, Jameer, you want the touchdown? And Jameer's like, yeah, I'll take the touchdown. And then, you know, he, he got the <laughs> score. <laughs> so, like, they have a good connection between the backfield, and it's just it's, it's clicking right now, and it's been fun to watch. It sounds like you just hit the upgrade button from Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift yes. to Jameer Gibbs and Dave Montgomery. Like yes. that's just a simple press. Like, oh, we'll just take two better players <laughs> that fill those exact same roles. Yes, that's, that's, that's exactly what it's been. And it's been, the durability has just been way more consistent. I mean, Jamal Williams is very durable for this football team, but Gibbs and Swift, night and day of durability. You could just count on Gibbs to do so many more different things with Swift. They were scared to use him because it felt like every time they use him, he gets hurt and he's gonna miss three to four weeks. Yeah, they want to yeah. give him they want to give him 20 carries. That's that's also Christian Watson. Yeah, like oh Christian Watson got went in there and caught that's a ball. Jones. He's kind of hold your breath. Does does Christian Watson get up holding a shoulder or his chest? <laughs> yeah. So. All right. All right. So obviously this is a turkey day game, Thanksgiving. One of our favorite games to play, even though the lines have, like I mentioned, the the top, not much winning recently. 
what is your guys' favorite Thanksgiving memory? I know you guys don't play this game every year, but you guys have a, a good handful of Thanksgiving games, and you guys have played us a couple times. What would you say your guys' favorite Thanksgiving memory is? Jordan, Ooh, you're the I'm, history guy on this. I'm trying to think. There were definitely some Rogers Thanksgiving wins, but it's it's been a while. They, they haven't played. What was I should have probably looked it up too. What, I couldn't remember the last time that they played the Lions. On I think it was 2013. Yeah, I'm looking at a. That uh, sounds right. Like it, definitely Rackett, not under. Yeah, because we've been yeah, playing the Bears and Vikings a lot on Thanksgiving. Like as far as division foes, like we have had some other guys. Like the we had the Bills last year, and like the Texans 2020, but. As far as you guys, yeah, it's it's been a while. I think it was twenty. Those are so weird too, like because I just associate like you see the NFC North teams play against each other on Thanksgiving. You see the Cowboys play Eagles, Giants, or Commanders. Commanders. Yeah, you know I mean? agree. Like I, I think that's how it should be. Yeah, I, yeah. I wish they just do a three-year rotation. Like just yeah, just yeah, one-year Packers, one-year Bears, right, exactly. yeah, and then just do it yeah. that way. I think like that's much better for the game. Like I obviously want to put the best teams in the in the spotlight on, on prime time on Thanksgiving, but um, looking at a uh, Milwaukee Joe Sentinel article of like the, the top moments on for Packers on Thanksgiving, there's the 2007 game where Brett Favre completed 20 passes in a row. That, which is a crazy time. Uh, didn't know that Jason Garrett absolutely thwomped the, uh, the Packers at 94. Oh, I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Cowboys had the Packers number for a very long time during that time. But Jason Garrett, Jordan? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the man himself. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> no, no I, I honestly don't really have like a, a best memory of the Packers playing. Like I think my favorite memories of just Thanksgiving games in general um, are just seeing all the players who like do well just sink their teeth into a turkey leg. Like that's just so much fun. And as, as like a kid, that was so cool. Yeah. I remember uh, – Randy Moss doing it. I remember like a bunch of guys doing it. It's just it's just fun. Yeah, you guys had a Christmas kickoff last year, didn't you? I think versus the yeah. Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. We did. Yeah, yeah. We recorded and the, Bra- and the Browns before that too. Yeah, that was a freezing. I remember it was. Yeah, it, Baker yeah. Mayfield like threw four picks or something like that. Yeah, but actually, to answer your question, I remember like I'm I love seeing like the throwback unis and stuff like that. And there was like a Packers Lions Thanksgiving game where they if, granted it's. These jerseys are just like, okay, you're wearing a yellow jersey. It's not like these jerseys now. But it was like throwbacks then of like Packers wearing just a yellow helmet, a white jersey with like the green, and then it's like, that's it. That's your jersey. Lions was like the blue, silver. Like it just like you see like how it I guess like how it was back then. And you know, I'm looking you at it. the picture. It's it's like right? light, light brown pants with a pure white jersey and a solid yellow helmet. And the yeah. Lions have solid yellow <laughs> or solid silver helmets, all blue jerseys, and then silver. I pants. love those. I love those Lions yeah. throwbacks. I'm not going to lie. Those throwbacks you guys were wearing last week for the Chargers, I was about to puke. Those were disgusting. I, I, I like Jordan's got a jersey. I'm a big fan. I'm a big oh. fan. You know? Tyler, do you it's, like those better, or do you like the the solid blue? The blue ones are disgusting. Don't give me those ones. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the ones <laughs> you guys wore over. The, the, the circle number is that. I I, yeah, I, that's, I hate those. Yeah. those. Those are one of these yeah. worst uniforms in the NFL. Those, those were the bumblebees. The crap brown helmet. Yes, I can't do it. Can't do they call them the Bumblebees? Is that what they no, call them? No, the Bumblebees are the Steelers. Oh, the Steelers. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. in the, yes. they're in the okay. same yeah. line with the Bumblebees. Oh, yeah, those are, those are awful. I, got a hot take. I, like, I like the blue jerseys. I think they're good. Oh. <laughs> There's better blue jerseys. 
the, yeah. the ones that look like they just put a stamp in the middle of their chest for their number. I mean, yeah. to, to be fair, I don't like any of you guys' uniforms because I just have so much bad PTSD as like a younger kid of like the Packers just always kicking the Lions ass. And it's like, so I, I despise the green and yellow, honestly. Like, yeah, no. I don't you, guys, you guys, you guys owned us for a while, man. It's yeah, been no, it's, no. I, I remember, totally respect any sort of ill, ill feelings. Like I remember, I, yeah, I remember I totally there, was a, get it. there was like a period where we couldn't win a goddamn game in and Lambo Philly. It was twenty five like years. years. Twenty five yeah. years. <laughs> it was it was big when they the Lions broke that streak. It was like oh, you broke it with um yeah. Jim Caldwell, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Gym, that was when yes. President Butler got a, a pick yes. for two, or he got a pass breakup on the two point conversion, and we were freaking out. But then they get the onside kick. Kelvin, Kelvin Johnson drops the ball. You shitting me? Come on, like when does that ever happen? <laughs> on an onside recovery, and then Mason Crosby thankfully shanked it, and we won that game. Oh man, memories. <laughs> yeah, like for, like for Lions fans in general, like I, I. Someone I forget who who told me like today, but they're like, yeah, I'm rooting for the Lions the rest of the year. And I was like, they can honestly just lose this week, but then the rest of the year, I'm, I want you guys. To... I can't do that for you guys. You guys have no. I get it. I, no, I no, can't, no, I, I no. can't do it's it. It's a one way street. We understand <laughs> yeah, this. We get it. We get it. Like we we understand that this has been painful for. The we've had our North. we've had our time and someone yeah. else to take over for a year, and then it'll be good. When <laughs> you guys are too nice, dude. Like I was in Green Bay. I'm like, I'm I'm ready to talk shit, dude. And these Green Bay fans are like, oh, we're so happy for you guys. I'm like. Are you shitting me, guys? You guys have caused so much shit for me for so many years, and now you're saying you're happy for me? Come on. Like, yeah, dude, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear you sad, and like, I want to hear you disappointed and say, oh, I hate the Lions. I, that's what I want to hear. Because no, that's what I get from Bears fans. That's what I get from I Bears fans. I, what, weirdly enough, my first like football like like idol, I guess, or whatever, not that I would ever become him. I, I just loved Barry Sanders. I was young enough to see like his like last maybe year, probably. But I was like, those lines are really cool. Then the more you learn about the team, it's like, oh, they're not great. <laughs> <laughs> but then like if it was like the Bears, like the Bears are again, they're terrible. They're painted with like legacy of just like we had the Super Bowl team 40 years ago that everybody loved. Yeah. And they have been terrible since. They have been awful. Bears but, fans, in my mind, are very similar to Celtics fans, where they celebrate yesteryear's like yesteryear success, like they had it last year, and it's very annoying. Yeah, yeah. 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 Bear, Bear, Bears, I will root for their demise every day of the week and twice on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, and like like I, I, I was in Green Bay, like I told you guys for week four, and like I'm even looking at all the like the t-shirts are selling. Nothing is disrespecting the Lions. It's all just disrespecting no, the Bears. No. You guys just yeah. don't like the Bears and like the Vikings. You, you, you guys maybe, don't care about us. But what's weird <laughs> is like I associate the Vikings as like the Packers rival more than the Bears because I've seen competitive you guys shit on the Bears. <laughs> right. I know it, but it's like it's, they're not that good. They yeah, they yeah. ruin everything they touch. Yeah. And there's just <laughs> yeah. a fan base that talks a lot. Oh, they talked oh, yes. so much. They talked a lot before that week one game, and dude, that was, uh, so, that was our Super Bowl. So, when, <laughs> really? so yes, when, it was. Pre- so preseason when we were doing these core predictions, I was like, I understand that they probably won't go and win as many games as I think they're going to, but I told Jordan, like, I will be so happy if they go into Soldier Field and kick the Bears' ass that I don't care if they lose the next sixteen, and then they won the Saints game and then went on that horrible losing streak where they looked like the worst in the NFL. Everyone was yelling at me, like, why did you wish for that? (laughs) But no, like, doing that to the Bears just filled my heart with so much 
There's a lot wow. of Bears players talking shit too before oh, this. So and many. obviously it's Bears Packers and all that stuff, but like yeah. it was like, Oh, it's our time, it's our time. And it's like Oh no. Oh no, now now they're now they're rebuilding. Now now you talk to a Bears fan, they're like, Oh, we're we we were building. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's the it's the that's not what you said. That's not what you said two weeks ago. They're already yeah. around they, they, they've, last week. They've framed this house so many times. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Malcolm? Though, what's your favorite Thanksgiving memory as far as lines? Obviously, have one every year. Thanksgiving memory, man. Uh, you know, I don't have many because we don't usually win a lot of things. We have some good ones. We have some good ones, but I'm going deep. This is Honestly, I, was, I say this every year because this is probably my favorite game. Unfortunately, it is against you guys. It was 2003 uh, when the Lions played the Packers, and it was Brett Favre. And a lot of people didn't give us a shot to win that game because, you know, it was Lions 2003. We weren't a, a, a really good football team. Joey Harrington was our quarterback. And uh, we actually oh, won. We, yeah, we actually won that game. Brett Favre threw three picks. Was that like I was gonna say that? I mean, if it's if it's the Lions being the crap out of the Packers, it's probably because Favre threw three or four picks. Like, yeah, and I think (laughs) you guys also. I think it was like a. I'm not sure if you guys played Sunday night or you played Monday and had to play Thursday. It was something weird like that that you got on a ridiculously short week and then um, you played that some Thanksgiving and then we we won. (laughs) Yeah, that. I I remember I, I can't remember how many times Fire lost that thing to me, but it was not great. Up to you. Looking yeah. at the box score of this game gives me uh what was the just, score? The score was 22 to, to four, 22 to 14. Yeah. Fox had two That's touchdowns. That's a weird score too. Two touchdowns, three hundred yards, three picks, and four sacks. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that, was, that sounds that right. Sounds oh, right. and and a fumble. And a fumble. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, we had his number that game, man. I remember in 2013, I think we had a very dominant game versus you guys, too. What was the final to that? Uh, Did we yeah, win in 2013? 40 to 10, yeah. We oh, wow. Tw- yeah. We, we won in 2013? I remember that. Yeah, we dominated that game. That was like was, one of our best games. Was um, the Sioux incident with Aaron Rodgers? 11. Was that game? That was, yeah, it was a couple years was that, before. Was that a I'm Thanksgiving looking, game? Yeah, it was. I'm looking That's at right. J.R. Radcliffe's uh, article. And it was uh, yes. 2011. It was against it Evan was... Dietrich Smith, if you remember exactly. that name. Yeah. Jordan. Yep. God. Yeah. I would probably say for me, my favorite Thanksgiving memory was, I got two of them. 2016, our last win, when Slay got that pick on Sam Bradford and set up Prater for a game-winning field goal was electric in, in, the, in our Thanksgiving household. And then 2015, we absolutely destroyed the Eagles when Calvin Johnson had three touchdowns. Little did we know that was going to be Calvin Johnson's last Thanksgiving game ever. Um, but he absolutely destroyed Eric. I felt so bad. The guy was a, a poor rookie. They told him to go one-on-one versus Calvin Johnson, and Calvin Johnson and Stafford were just cooking all day that, that game. That, that was the worst game plan I've ever seen in my life. Dude, and they didn't adjust. It was Calvin Johnson, and they had this poor rookie saying, all right, we're just going to man you up. Dude, no help. No help. We're gonna play single high, no help. Just just keep him under control. He's not the same Calvin. Dude, that he has he had to have done something wrong in the locker room. <laughs> like you just can't you just can't you gotta, eat it out. You have to eat this. Like that. That's what it was. Yeah, that was that was rough, man. It was yeah, fun Calvin to watch was though, man. He That's was rookie hazing to like a whole other level. Rookie hazing yeah. to a different level. <laughs> I think that was Chip Kelly's Eagles. So, you know, obviously. I think it was. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was that would make sense. Also, it, it's shocking. 2015 sounds so long ago, but I it also shocks me that Kevin Johnson is playing that late. Because I just think of him as 
what legend? 2012? I mean, All he was, he is a legend. Yes. Yeah, but I it's I don't know. He did play so short. I guess. Yeah. yeah. That was like probably his last dominant game, honestly, that we've seen from Kelvin. Honestly, it was probably that Thanksgiving performance. Mm. Yeah, he has so many injuries, man. That he so just, many injuries. So many injuries that he fought through and still played, and he was just tired, man. Yeah, because yeah. that was the year where like Golden Tate really like like Kelvin's your wide receiver one, but like Golden Tate was like I think Stafford's favorite weapon that year. But that Thanksgiving yeah. game was like Kelvin's like kind of like last vintage game that we saw from him. Last hurrah kind of thing. Yeah, and we didn't know it was gonna be his last, but it was it was awesome. Nobody yeah. knew. Nobody knew. He didn't tell anybody, but Stafford kind of had had an idea from that, that last game. game. Yeah, that versus the Bears, he kind of had a feeling yeah. like yeah, because he he was like he was like give give these cleats to my mom. And Stafford was like, oh. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, wait, well, why? In the many nights, in the many nights, I scrolled TikTok. I saw um the interview with Calvin Johnson, like whatever it was through, and he talked about making that decision. And it was just like, man, like what a interesting um. I guess line of thinking to get there that he's yep, I'm just not telling anybody, I'm not gonna be a distraction, none of it. So I've always uh loved watching Calvin Johnson play. He put the fear of God in me as a Packers fan, uh, knowing yes. that we just couldn't stop any sort of like high flying offense. So <laughs> yeah, it was a shame to see him retire early, but I'm glad that he went on his own terms. Yeah. 100%. All right, let's do our favorite Thanksgiving meal and then we can head out of here. So I'll All start right. off with you, Jordan. What's your favorite Thanksgiving meal? Oh, I'm going to go. I'll go. Your turkey Why guy. I... Yeah. It's, I mean, you have it only once or twice a year, and it's usually Thanksgiving, Thursday, and then leftovers on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go, I'll go turkey. Okay. New Mac. My, uh, my mom makes sweet potatoes with candy pecans on top. Oh. And that is like my crack. Like I just, I specifically ask her to make like a, a whole uh, pan Separate. for me, so yeah. that I have some to bring home from my leftovers that I bring home. So, yeah, oh, sweet potatoes with, with candy pecans. Are you a turkey guy, or are you uh, one of those guys that think it's too dry? Um, I honestly like will eat the dry turkey because then you just slather it in gravy and it tastes just right. fine. So yeah, I <laughs> my family usually makes turkey and ham because I have a fairly large family and yeah people don't like turkey don't like ham they can have whatever but yeah so i usually have turkey and ham to go with buns and taters and all that kind of stuff okay what about you malcolm what's it what's your go-to oh, man you already know mine is man that that mac that mac and cheese man that that the oven mm. that, that that homemade mac and cheese man that's that's my favorite yeah yeah i mean obviously middle eastern so a lot of our, our dishes are middle eastern I'll, I'll give you an english i'll give you an american dish though so um it might just probably the honestly the mac and cheese, the mashed potatoes and mac and cheese is just it's just different, dude. That that is a that is a different breed of Thanksgiving. And same with Jordan. I don't eat turkey out throughout the year. I only eat on Thanksgiving, and right. it just hits different on on Thanksgiving. I don't even really love the taste of it. And I think it's kind of dry. And you can <laughs> splatter the, the gravy on it. Yep. But it's like it's Thanksgiving. You have to eat it. So it's like I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna refuse turkey on Thanksgiving. Are you yeah. guys team uh, pecan pie or uh, pumpkin pie? Uh, pumpkin pie all day. It may be switching, but I was normally pumpkin. I, I I'm liking pecan more lately as a guy. I, I, I like pecan, man. Yeah, the pecan one's good, but something about fall and pumpkin pie it hits differently too. I legit have both. I like both of them. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, take a slice of both. Fair play. Fair play. Fair play. <laughs> Smart man. Calories are thrown out the window on Thanksgiving. Oh, that's Don't worry right. about anything. That's true. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I think that is going to be a wrap. Should be a hopefully fun game for both teams. I hope both teams have fun. Hopefully the Lions win on Thanksgiving. Um, you don't have to hope too hard. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. <laughs> appreciate you guys joining us and helping us break down the Packers. Uh, phenomenal time with you guys. And obviously, I'm down to do this next year or maybe in the playoffs. I told you, we only see you guys in the playoffs. That's true. Playoffs. It's playoffs. Man, Lafleur even said he's like, I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing the Jim Mora voice today. I just want to win a like, game. Yeah, <laughs> well, that is very much our our uh, mo right now. If they make the playoffs and play and, and play the Lions, I will come on here and eat my words that they weren't going to make it. So, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I bet you hope that happens. Yeah, like you, what you want? Oh yeah, your opinion. Yeah. So I would. I yeah. It's it's much easier. Uh, wanting them to win, then the times that we're like, do we want a better pick? It's like, oh, oh it's I so can't. lame to do that, dude. I, oh, I, yeah. I, I hate we, we, we have that discussion every single year on this time. I hated of year. doing it these last like four <laughs> weeks. It's like, oh, if we lose, we get like two. Maybe we can get Caleb Williams. No, winning is fun. It's fun. I had fun last week. So. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Last. All right, guys. Appreciate you guys so much. Thank you guys for joining us again. That's going to be a wrap to this episode. Hope you guys all enjoyed. I am signing out, guys. Peace. All right, John's your boy Malcolm, and I'm out, man. Peace. Thanks for having us, guys. Appreciate it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Jordan, that was a lot of fun. Yes, great time with uh, Malcolm and Tyler. I, I really enjoyed my time with them. Yeah, we had uh, obviously potted with, with Malcolm before the season, and this is our first time talking with Tyler, and like you guys heard, maybe we'll be back on in the playoffs, but I don't, like I said, I don't think that's going to happen, <laughs> but um, hopefully we can uh, team up with them sometime preseason next year and go through it because yeah, a lot of fun talking with the Lions and having shared hatred over Chicago Bears fans. So with that being said, we have a bit of business to wrap up ourselves. Um, as we do every week, we got to make our players to watch in our score predictions. So Jordan, and I went first last week. Who is your player? Who are your players to watch this week for players the matchup against maybe Detroit? The hardest it's ever been, considering that seventeen <laughs> players, all of them are very useful players. 
or on the injury report. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> not great. Um, I think by default, <laughs> by default, it might be Jordan Love. I mean, I don't know why you gotta take the one of the only healthy guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, do you have I, Do you have any analysis to go with that pick? <laughs> I hope that Jordan Love has his weapons so he can play well. Uh, no, in, in all seriousness, um, I I hope that what we have seen from Jordan Love the last three weeks continues. Uh, it's going to be a lot harder, <laughs> depending on who suits up. I mean, we'll at least have Christian Watson, who's upgraded a full participant today. Romeo Dobbs, Malik Heath will probably step up. Samari Toure is on this roster still. Um, crazy to we'll think s- about. Yeah, that is crazy to think about. He had... And, Jordan Love made some connections uh, Tucker Craft. Probably see a lot more Ben Sims, but yeah, it's how he adjusts to having a less than uh, 75% full complement of offensive weapons is going to be the biggest key. And obviously this line's pass rush is headlined by Aiden Hutchinson. He's having problems the first uh, go-around this year. How does that look You know, with everything considering who will be suited up, who won't be suited up, and just the state of the offensive line, which is some good weeks, some bad weeks, and you kind of sort through what feels real and what feels substantial and all that stuff. So, yeah, I'm just excited to see Jordan Love play in a Thanksgiving game. You know, it's a it's a rite of passage in some ways. So let's see if he can make good on it and get some get that turducken. He, he just might. Um, I think my packer to watch is going to be kenny clark going off of what um malcolm had said in that segment that you guys had just listened to and listen to the not segment i guess the full pod you just listened to um if kenny clark plays um the jonah jackson their guard is the guy that he'd be going up against and if jonah jackson is out that'll be a, a matchup to uh to watch to see if at all the packers can stop the run and stuff up the middle so um i'm just gonna go defense for the fact that if we don't stop the run there's not going to be a whole much of a game to watch. I was trying to, I, I couldn't get an opportunity to say it during the pod, but if the Packers can't stop the run, I don't think there's going to be enough time between the start of the game and the end of the game for me to fix a plate, eat it, get up, and get another one before the game's done. Like, the clock is just going to not stop running if the, all they do is run the ball and have success with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's, it'll be irrelevant if the Lions just walk all over this Packers defense, which... There's they great just potential might. Potential for them to do. Yep. Um, for my lion to watch, I'm going to to take the easy one, and I'm going to do Aiden Hutchinson. Mm. Yeah. Okay. How he uh, how he lines up and who he decides to to attack on that Packers offensive line is going to be critical to Jordan Love even having somewhat of success um, on offense if he's just hovering Rasheed Walker or Josh Nyman. I think it's going to be a bit tough for him to have any sort of time to throw the ball to those lesser receivers if everyone's out that we're predicting. But um, yeah. if he goes against Zach Tom most of the game, he might be, I don't want to say nullified, because you can't nullify guys like TJ Watt, Max Crosby, Aiden Hutchinson, Cleo Mack, and the rest of them, because they're just that good of players. But if he can limit his impact on the game, I think that'll have a good... Uh, result for the Packers, even if it means being close to winning the game rather than actually outright winning it. Um, I'm going to go Jameer Gibbs. Eight 
carries, 40 yards, rushing yards. Uh, four catches, 11 receiving yards. That was his stat line for week four. It was all David Montgomery. He ran through this uh, Packers run defense with the help of Khalif Raymond, who had a 40-yard uh, run himself. So, as they mentioned, as Tyler and Malcolm mentioned, Jameer Gibbs has really come into his own as season has progressed. Obviously, missed a couple games, too, with injury. But this guy is the – again, he, he's the profile of a guy that Packers just don't have any solution to stopping. And, you know, Matt LaFleur had really good quotes today of, like, when he saw that the Lions took him in the draft, he had some choice words he explained, which is interesting – given the fact that the Lions were right ahead of the Packers in the draft order, so I don't know if we should be really into it, it that way, but good football player is a good football player, and Matt LaFleur recognizes them. I, so th- I. I think he <laughs> probably had some choice words in my thought process of maybe they anticipated Jameer Gibbs going early second where they could have picked him in there rather than a tight end. So I don't think they would have taken a running back at 13. I just think that would have been irresponsible, frankly. But um, I would imagine can that... You, can you... So, I, I don't know why I turn into an old man right there. Can I what? Can you name uh, or put a number on the leading rushing yards that the Packers had this year? How many rushing yards the Packers... Like, the, the Packers' leading rusher? How many Dillon have? Because it's not Aaron Jones. 360. Frankly, pretty close. Yeah, I can't imagine it's a whole lot. 405. Yeah. I was surprised he got to 400. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I, I don't think that taking a running back would have been a bad idea. That's what I took Lou Nichols, like, late in the draft. But yeah. going into the year thinking Aaron Jones is going to be healthy all year, along with A.J. Dillon, I think drafting a running back there would have been poor in practice frankly so um score predictions go ahead it it does not help that the offense like again they it's it's ones twos threes eights yeah like they're all hurt yeah they're all hurt in some way yes they are um and the lions they're coming off an emotional win i don't think that emotion dies down facing against the team can equal the Bears in terms of quality on, on their best day. Mm-hmm. Um, Lions 38... No, no, no. Lions 35. Packers 17. I think that's about where I was going to be. I'll go Lions 38. I will go 38. Uh, Packers 16. Like it's a, it's at least a two score three. Yeah, score. I'll be shocked. Like, cause on a short week with all their injuries, it's just not going to be able to. You're mixing in a new running back. You're mixing in, yeah. um, like young yeah, well, receivers. I, we will see James Robinson. I don't. I think. I think you have to. Not, we have to. to like, they, they, we'll see Patrick Taylor for sure. But then they have to have a, a third running back. They've they've rostered a third running back all year long. And you're going to have to see a, another tight end, possibly, because not just Musgrave, but DeMar is on the injury report. Yep. Some some guy that Zach Cruz mentioned, I forget his name. It's, I, it's Henry Pearson. Yeah. Like, all right, buddy. 
I don't know what you were doing last week, but this week you're playing football. Let's get out H train. <laughs> so, um, that does it for us, folks. I what you were doing last week, but you're playing football. <laughs> well. It's true. It's, like, yeah, that's where we're at. If you it's, go out on the street. Listen, man, you could go on, on the street and find a man named Henry Pearson, and there's a good chance he might be a pat. Like, he, like hey, you want to come catch a football? Like, that's just one of those names that you don't really expect full players to have but that's it um that does it for us folks thank you for listening really hope you enjoyed this crossover episode with the pride podcast um go find them over on twitter uh at pride podcast and then at mr hart under underscore underscore and at tyler underscore sawa um we always have like a good relationship with lions fans i think jordan so and they're they're no different they were an absolute blast to to talk to and hang out with so um, thank you again for uh, for them having us on. You can find everything Eurostep Podcast Network over at gspn.info. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Numac is known and Jordan on Twitter at Jordan Tresky. Um, all of our socials uh, for TikTok and Instagram are at WatchGSPN. Um, for everything Bucks, go check out Ty and Rohan for the Eurostep and Adam and a- Adam and Jordan for one and six. Um, as they face off against the Celtics today, as you're probably listening to this um, in prime time. So that'll be a pretty good game. Um, last episode came out uh, on Sunday from from Ty and Rohan talking about the uh, the four-game win streak that they have, which is now five games after beating the Washington the Washington Wizards uh, on Monday. If I'm not mistaken, Jordan, you are recording with Adam for winning six this week? Uh, the holiday is kind of thrown there in the year. Right. Maybe it's the Celtics. We, TBD. TBD. It's the holiday. You know? Exactly. Um, I guess before we get into, well, other at the end, for cruising for a bruising, check out Adam and uh, Andrew over there as well. And then make time for this Adam and Andrew uh, talking about all things movies, pop culture, and everything else. Um, before we get out of here, programming note for... You guys, the Thanksgiving pod, I believe the plan is now officially that you're going to hear from Jordan on Thanksgiving. Uh, I am unable to record over the holiday, so you're going to have a little bit of a solo pod from Jordan. So tune in for that for a bit of post-game analysis on uh, on Thursday. A little solo Todd hasn't heard anybody, right? That's right. That's right. So, all right, folks. That does it for us. Thank you again all for listening. If there's only one thing I'm thankful for this year, it's all of you listeners. Again, that was that sounded insincere. You're giving me a I look. I was gonna say I literally was just about to be like, Numak, why are you reading that off a cute?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I I said it. I was like, "Well, there's a lot of other things I'm thankful for, like a happy and healthy family, just being healthy in general." Um. But having since taken up this this gig at the beginning of last season, I've had a lot of fun. And I appreciate all of you listeners who tune in every week and hang out in the Discord and talk to me on Twitter and all that stuff and talk backwards with me. So um, my sincere gratitude and thanks to all of you who listen. So I don't know if you have anything else to say to that, Jordan. Otherwise, thank you. Thank you.
When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.